It is indeed, as I mentioned earlier, the two-hat Sunday, with it being the fourth Sunday of Advent and also Christmas Eve. Um, and Pastor Caroline uh, highlighted that um, beautifully. Not yet. Not quite yet. Not quite yet. So in addition to hearing the word from Luke's gospel about the angel Gabriel who's making his rounds... Um, we are going to hear this word from Second Samuel. And we are in chapter 7. We will begin reading at verse 1. Listen for the word of God. Now when the king was settled in his house and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around him, the king said to the prophet Nathan, See now, I am living in a house of cedar, but the ark of God stays in a tent. And Nathan said to the king, go, do all that you have in mind, for the Lord is with you. But that same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan. Go and tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, are you the one to build me a house to live in? I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people of Israel from Egypt to this day. But I have been moving about in a tent and a tabernacle. Wherever I have moved about among all the people of Israel, did I ever speak a word with any of the tribal leaders of Israel, whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now therefore, thus you shall say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, to be prince over my people Israel. And I have been with you wherever you went and have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make for you a great name like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel and will plant them so that they may live in their own place and be disturbed no more. And evildoers shall afflict them no more as formerly. From the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel, and I will give you rest from all your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. Your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you join me in prayer? O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto you, O God, our rock and redeemer. Amen. Our theme this Advent has been refuge. Refuge. um, A word that means... A place of safety, a place of protection, a place of nurture where we can go when times get rough. For many of us, that's our homes. Our homes are our sanctuaries in many ways. It's where we go to relax, where we go to get a good eight hours of sleep, hopefully. Hopefully where we can share a meal together, whether it's out of a Wendy's bag or assembled from supermarket bags or home-cooked. 
place of safety and protection. And last week in the chancel choir, Cantata, Kitty and Eldred and the chancel choir just unpacked so beautifully this wonderful kind of irony of God being our refuge, but also God seeking refuge with us. Hmm. And then we have this story of King David who has built himself a refuge. He's built himself a palace of cedar, which is becoming for a monarch who has finally, finally fought all the battles, who has chased off all the enemies, and who finds himself very much at rest in his palace. And it comes to him one day, wait a minute. I'm here in my nice new palace and the, the fresh cedar scent is beautiful. But the ark of God is still out there in the tent. The tabernacle, the tent of meeting, which was mobile, which traveled with the people Israel when they were liberated from slavery in Egypt. So we're talking a really long time that the Ark of God, which represents God's presence with God's people, being in this temporary shelter that's movable from place to place. And so David has this really good idea. He wants to build God a house. And so the prophet that's around, Nathan, says, well, the Lord is with you. You Do that. But then that night... As we hear in the story, the word of God comes to Nathan and says, this is what you need to tell David. I've been traveling with you and with the people Israel faithfully from place to place, from being freed from slavery in Egypt through all of these wanderings in the wilderness. And furthermore, it's not really David's to do to build a house for me. Because I am the one who chose him when he was nothing but a shepherd boy. And then further, I am going to make of David a house, a dynasty. A dynasty that will exist forever. A dynasty that will represent my will and my presence with the people, and it will be everlasting. And God tells Nathan, you take that word to David. Well, the question is begging. That dynasty doesn't exist anymore, does it? So what is it about this Promise of David's house existing forever. And of course, I mean, we've talked about this story this month during Advent. Is the people Israel experienced a divided monarchy not long after David's death? Solomon comes to the throne, his son. Solomon is the one that builds the temple. And then upon Solomon's death, there is uh, infighting between his sons 
and it winds up splitting the kingdom in two with the twelve, with ten tribes of the twelve going into the northern kingdom and then Judah and Benjamin remaining to the south around Jerusalem. The northern kingdom gets wiped out by the Assyrians and then 150 years later, the southern kingdom is wiped out by the Babylonians and the temple is destroyed. It is the unthinkable because not only is the temple where the people gather to worship and offer their praises to God and their sacrifices, but it's also supposed to be the representation of God's home amongst the people. And it's destroyed. So during the exile, those from the southern kingdom who were carted off hundreds of miles away found themselves surrounded by a people who worshipped other gods, who didn't know anything about the God of Israel. And some of the scholars and the scribes among them pick up some of these old stories. What would they have thought when they picked up this story about David? David building a house for God and God promising to make of David a house that will last forever. What questions or wonderings would they have had about this story as they found themselves in a strange land? Well, guess that promise didn't hold. Hmm. And then what does that say about God? If a divine promise appears to not hold. And I think there's a little hook in the story in Second Samuel itself that gives us a little bit of understanding here. Where God says, you don't have to worry about building me a house. I don't actually dwell in a building. My presence goes with you wherever you go. I can pull up stakes whenever I need to to be with you where you are. The Hebrew word is this wonderful, wonderful word, shakhain. It's a verb, which means to tent with. Oh, where are you going this weekend? Oh, I'm going tenting. It's an interesting word. But that's what God does. God tents with God's people. And the noun form of this word is shekinah. And it refers to God's presence with the people Mobile with the people wherever they are. And then perhaps a dawning of recognition or understanding begins to come on these scholars in exile and they think, what if? What if God is with us here now? What if the destruction of the temple didn't destroy God's presence? Or promises. And today, our chancel choir sung about angels making their rounds. Joseph and Mary are on their way to Bethlehem. And where is the presence of God? With them, contained within Mary's body, going with them where they are. Moving, 
always present. The word for that is Emmanuel, God with us. Wherever we move, wherever we are. God seeking refuge with us. Amen.